Hey everybody, hey. welcome to Spiritual <laughs> Side Note. Uh, this is episode 11, I think. Oh really? I haven't been keeping track. I think it's, well, I keep track when I upload. But um, this is Shane Haley coming to you from our closet in West Michigan. And it is <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, excuse me. <laughs> welcome COVID to the conversation. Okay. Um, no, we don't have little, COVID. Little, Not that uh, it matters, like, because you can't action. catch it listening to us, but... Yeah. Uh, no, it is a, well, it's a little <laughs> bit colder today, Friday yeah. afternoon when we're recording this. Friday's our day off together. We love to spend days off as a family and just doing random things. Today, Haley and Ophelia were baking scones and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, not doing a whole lot this morning. Oh, that's no, because that. I just thought, what else did we do? <laughs> we read the word together. We did. Yep. Read the and... Bible. Made scones. Yep. <laughs> ate, ate some food. Yeah. Yep. Played. Played some different games. Mm-hmm. And had piano. a mini dance party. Yeah. Yep. Ophelia has a little mini dress that I put through the wash and all the polka dots <laughs> fell off. <laughs> so now it's just a pink dress. Whoopsies. Yep. Yeah. So we had a little dance party. Speaking of Ophelia, before we get into the topic that yep. we're discussing today, first of all, just wanted you to know I have a warm cup of coffee. I will be drinking. So if you hear, hear her, if you hear some slipping. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's time to go back to bed. If you hear some sipping and swallowing, slurping, or you slurp, slurping. No, you don't either thing. Slurp. Either way, do you have an Athelia quote? Absolutely, I okay. do. Do you remember? No, that's why I'm asking oh. you. Because <laughs> I remember something funny happened. Yes, yes. Okay, so I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was Wednesday. We were homesick um, Wednesday as a family, so it might have been yesterday. But or I mean Wednesday, but. Um, Haley, Athelia asked Haley to play uh, Five Little Monkeys Jumping on the Bed. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, so Haley starts playing it. And so she goes through, you know, Five Little Monkeys Jumping on the Bed. At one, the piano. Yes. One fell off and bumped his head. Mama called the doctor and the doctor said, and then Haley stopped and looked at Athelia for the next line. And Athelia goes, you need to get adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Uh, Haley and Hagen go to the chiropractor. So, yep. Athelia's gotten used to mommy getting adjusted. So, monkey so fell off, bonked his head, and needs to get adjusted. Hey, need so, to get adjusted. Yeah. So, then Haley did a rendition of Five Little Monkeys and kept changing it. It was fantastic. We laughed. We were really, we laughed. Yeah, that was laughed good really one. hard. That was a good one. And just to, you know, be fair to my piano skills... I was not actually playing the song. I was just banging my hands on the keyboard. <laughs> but you can actually play the piano. Yeah, but you made it sound like I was like playing the song and being fancy doing renditions. No, I was literally just banging the keyboard. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> and yeah. singing these you're just being unauthorized silly changes to the song. It was really funny. It was. It was. Uh, um. So that's your Thalia quote for today. Um, great. I hope it's warm and sunny for you, whatever day you're listening to this. Um, it should be warming up next week a little bit, but and if not, and it's rainy, I hope it's warm and rainy. I love when it's warm and mm, rainy. Do you? I do. Do you like the s- smell oh, before yeah. rain? Uh yeah. In general, <sighs> like smell before, during, after. I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I saw something the other day that was like, um, if you had to lose one of these smells, what would it be? And I only liked like one of them. Hmm. It was like it was things like the smell before it rains or. 
uh, freshly cut grass, which I kind of like that one, but like I'm like, no, I could totally do without the spell freshly wow, cut grass. Wow, that's like sad. it doesn't, yeah. Um, it partially because it like also stirs up allergies for me, so I think it, there's also a repulsion there. It smells but like summer. There was like, yeah, there was like 10 of them on the list, and I was like, um, and it said you could only keep two, I think is how it was worded, and I was like, I'd only keep one of those, so anyways, uh, that's. An extra side note, not even a spiritual one. But um, today we are going to talk about the art of celebration. Um, thought this would be a good topic to dive into today. And I, I call it personally, like I'll say the art of celebration at random times. Um, because for me, like when I think of art, um, art is something that is beautiful and appreciated, right? And like we don't see people celebrating well these days a lot of people enact self-hatred or they'll they'll tear other people down to make themselves feel better and so we don't see a lot of just celebration like genuine joyful celebration of things um and so to me it's almost become this art form where it's like when you see it it's it stands out and you appreciate it differently and it it is beautiful to see when somebody celebrates well not in a prideful way um but just a genuine joyful celebration of something and it's an expression of like a gift from God. Like if you can paint or you can write music or you can whatever of an art form, like that's a, an expression of a gift God's given you. Well, usually when we celebrate, we're celebrating a gift God has given us, whether it's a thing or, or an opportunity or um, whatever. And we can, yeah, it's something that you've learned. Um, so anyways, that's why I call it the art of well, celebration. And not just the, um, mm hmm all the things you just said but art is also takes time it's intentional and it takes practice mm, yeah like you could slap together like a, a watercolor painting in five seconds but i think the the genuine artists that we're drawn to have taken a lot of time mm. a lot of hours yeah. to practice yep. their trade or to figure out this this way that I, I do this thing in this medium and but it looks different when i use this medium like there's um the 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 act of not just intentionally taking the time but looking at your different options and figuring out mm. what this is going to look like when i mesh it this way in this season and this yeah. this other season it might look different so i don't think it's just all the things that yeah. you mentioned but the fact that it takes intentionality and practice and time mm -hmm. to celebrate yep. not just like oh that was great let's go like that's yep. the 5 second watercolor painting that you're yep. like oh that's nice but yeah. are we genuinely well, like taking the time yeah and that's good when you talk about like going through all your options like um i think of we we love this show somebody feed phil and um <laughs> it's uh it's one of our favorite shows to watch where basically phil just phil rosenthal if you're listening to this right oh now oh my goodness that would be buddy amazing. we would love to meet you someday. please come to grand rapids yeah. and do a somebody feed we phil are we not great you. we love food we love food we just could like do a you. food tour of yeah. the places we like <laughs> <laughs> oh man i somehow hope he hears it there's no way in the world he's going to but how amazing anyways totally off topic but um in the show he goes to um brooklyn and he tries pizza and the guy's like i tried i think it was 12 or 20 different pepperonis before he mm. landed on one for his pepperoni pizza like this guy was like a he was an artist when it came to the food he was creating and when i heard that i was like dang like you cared about which pepperoni like i just thought all pepperoni is the same like sure but he tried 12 i didn't even know there's 12 variations of pepperoni but he tried <laughs> 12 either. different 
<laughs> variations of pepperoni for his pizza. Anyways, so yeah, that's a really good point. But yeah, so um, so I think for me, um, I guess let me give a little backstory because we just kind of shared a little bit of the art aspect of celebrating. But for me, let me give you an example of like the the negative. Um, and I'm negative of celebration, like the the opposite of like not celebrating well. Oh, um, oh, so okay. I have a tendency to experience something and go to how to make it better, like mm-hmm. right away. An example of this, um, my dad actually shared a story, um, one time. So, dad, I hope it's okay if I share the story, but um, it's just a, a great representation of something that that happened. Um, he was a youth pastor at a church. And the children's director had just, like, done this event. I think I'm getting all this correct. Um, But they had just put on this event. And, like, the director, like, finished the event, walked off stage. And my dad, like, saw her and was like, oh, my goodness, you know what we could change to make it even better next year? And that was, like, the first thing he said to her. Well, her husband, like, came back around to my dad, like, I don't know, a few days or a week later or something. It was like, hey, you just need to know, like, she put a ton of time and energy and when you said that, that really hurt mm. because like you didn't celebrate all the things that she just invested for the event. Um, you just springboard onto your own ideas for how to make it better next year. Um, and I feel like I can share that story because that is me. I just haven't had that tangible of an experience happen to me yet. But I'm sure I've hurt people's feelings in a similar fashion mm. um, because that's that's exactly what I do. We'll get done with something at work or I'll experience something that's amazing. And it's always like, what could be better? What could be changed? Um, I bet I do this even like at home a lot of like we we see something or we experience something or we change something. And it's like, oh, that's cool. But it could have even been a little better if mm-hmm. or we could have tweaked that. So you might have some stories there that come to mind. Um, I don't have any. But um, yeah, so just this idea of like truly celebrating who God's created us to be as well as who God's created other people to be and celebrating the things that he's gifted us again, whether those opportunities or experiences or things. Mm. So, um, yeah. Okay. So how do you, how do you practice celebrating, especially if, and when you feel like you struggle Mm. choosing to celebrate? Yeah. Um, so I definitely do struggle for sure. Um, in the example of work that I gave, one of the things that I try to do is every so often, like, and I'm trying to actually do this every week, but um, because I'm not good at it, I still struggle with it. Um, but every week to start off our programming meeting, are there's like five of us, six of us who meet to talk about um, the weekend services for mm-hmm. our students and um, starting each of those meetings with celebrating what went well last weekend okay. um, and just celebrating people and highlighting different things that happened or what went well or um, yeah, whatever the case may be. I think at home, one of the things we've been doing a lot more is thankfulness. Um, yeah. And part of that is trying to teach Athalia to be thankful mm-hmm. for things. Um, but honestly, it's just been so good for me. Like just that idea of thankfulness and celebration, I think are closely tied um, mm-hmm. of like, yeah, we, we are thankful and therefore we do celebrate mm-hmm. what God has given us um, out of a heart of thankfulness. So um, that's one of the things that I think with just asking Athalia what she's thankful for and, and practicing that ourselves, whether usually we do that at a meal yeah. a lot of times or maybe at bedtime. 
Um, but it's even like, it's one of those things, like most things, it's caught instead of taught. Like Athalia mm-hmm. is um, doing that at bedtime now. Like last night, it was, yeah, last night um, we were praying before bed and she was like, God, thank you for, and she rattled mm-hmm. off different people or thank you for the today and the weather and playing outside. And so um, just that heart of thankfulness and, mm-hmm. and celebrating those little things. Like it was warm enough and no rain that we could play outside for a little bit. Like that's something to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I think you and I have talked about recently is this idea of feasting. Yeah. And um, uh, that's even what just was the... coming to mind a lot when you were talking about initially celebrating. Yeah. 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 I had that when we landed on this topic. That's where I kind of went mentally earlier. Was like, so Haley and I, a little backstory, we've, we've been talking about this idea of like how to feast well. Mm-hmm. Part of it's both of us have had struggles with food before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. This idea of feasting well and even biblical feasting. There was yeah. different feasts. Um, the Probably the one that I go to a lot is the Feast of the Tabernacles. Mm-hmm. And it was um, once a year for a week long. And there was supposed to be no work done on the first day and no work done on the eighth day. And it was just celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other, like the six days in between were like uh, sacrifices and stuff. But just this idea of like celebration and pausing and no work. Just the amount of money that quote unquote could have been lost from not working mm-hmm. or the amount of money spent on um, killing animals for feasting and whatnot that they would just do. Um, but that means we have to not practice feasting other times. Mm-hmm. And for me, my struggle is like, I'll just consistently overeat um, different meals because I mm-hmm. um, will often give in to my taste buds rather than, nope, that's enough and I'm good. And I have the f- like, Food is supposed to be fuel for energy for our bodies and I'll often um, give into the craving of my taste buds because I like the way something tastes. So I'll go back for more even when I don't need it. Um, anyway, so like that idea of actually um, not starving ourselves, but like eating just enough to be enough f- fuel for our bodies that then we can have those times of feasting where it is an indulgence, but not in the sense like we talk about indulgences like in, in a, I think in a different way in, in American culture, but, um, <clears throat> that's almost like this, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but, but this idea of like, I can indulge and I can feast mm. on these things and celebrate, but a part of feasting and a part of celebrating is truly acknowledging God, like the giver yeah. of the celebration, the giver of the thing that you are celebrating. And so, um, truly taking time, um, and not just being like, not just being thankful, like, oh, man, I'm so thankful that this came up or, oh, I'm so thankful for you. But like, God, I'm thankful that you gave me this person in my mm-hmm. life, this opportunity, this blessing, whatever it might be. Um, and truly giving thanks to the one who's the reason we are celebrating something um, and actually taking time to do that well is a part of of feasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I think you and I have kind of been trying to learn a little bit together yeah. is how to feast well. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything else with that that comes to mind with the idea of feasting? Um, the You said it's not that we're starving ourselves, but the article I was reading called it fasting instead of feasting. So you fast for periods of time so that you can feast. But the way it was written wasn't like fast all things, but practicing a self-discipline and self-control so that when this big celebration time comes, you're able to indulge and not in the overindulgent or gluttonous ways that I think lust takes us to, this desire to have something 
that we want, mm. even if it's not ours or even if yeah. it's not something God has for us. So we sit in this place of, I think, constant learning, especially in a culture where we are given much or in a lifestyle where we are given much, that how do you balance this gratefulness and the self-discipline and release of just because I can have this much doesn't mean I should mm. and doesn't mean that that's good for my spirit. We've been talking about that with Athelia a lot. Like just because you want something doesn't mean you need it. And if we always had what we wanted, that wouldn't be healthy for our spirits or our hearts. And she has started to emulate those words. Like it's not healthy for our hearts or our spirits. And as I'm hearing her say that, it's challenging to me. Like, do I really believe that? And do I act on it? Yeah. Or in moments, not just food wise, but am I feasting on things that God has not designed me to feast on? Um, because feasting is meant to be a celebration and it is meant to be holy. And we can make every moment. Every moment is holy. God's presence is here. and We can make everything an act of worship. And how do we do that and do that well? As opposed to how do I... How am I choosing to feast on things that God didn't mean to be feasted on, whether that's binge watching something or honestly, for me, sometimes staying up way too late when I know I need to go to bed at like nine o'clock to be able to get an adequate amount of sleep before Hagen wakes up or in case Athalia wakes up in the middle of the night or just so my body can actually rest and recharge. But instead, I stay awake, quote unquote, feasting on this time at night alone with you. Um where I'm not having to mother or think about things the same way, but really the true feast and celebration of the life God has given me would be going to bed. Mm. So I think we we can like ill-define or I can ill-define what I want and um, actually be calling what I want something that I need. Like, oh, I need to stay awake. No, that's a want. What I need is sleep. I think we can ill-define those things, like calling something a want. I'm sorry, I'm saying this backwards. I'm confusing myself. Calling something a need that's actually a want yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, feasting for me, I think, just leads to like lots of different avenues. But this idea of feasting also makes me think big, right? Like preparing for like a really big party. Yeah, like Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And I think that's a part of feasting, but how can we make feasting an umbrella for every moment where it's my feasting for the most part is just on the presence of God it is like him feasting on Jesus and out of him comes the blessing of all this other kind of feasting, whether that's being in community with people or experiencing peace or experiencing um, God's will or discernment and wisdom like i think i've just ill-defined what feasting looks like i've gone to the overindulgent self-indulgent mm. types of things yeah so i actually feel like i'm not very good at this yet yeah and i don't think i am either you know i talked about that self-deprecation and yeah usually coming down on myself so i don't feel like i am either uh so for somebody who's similar to that because i think a lot of people are that way you know it's very common for people to say i'm my own worst critic mm -hmm. um and it's true most people are so what are practices that people could mm -hmm. enact what are things that maybe you've seen someone else do really well or mm -hmm. you've 
done it before, but it's hard for you to regularly do that. But what are some of those things that you're like, oh man, this is such a helpful way or a healthy way to just celebrate who God's made you to be or So I think where I initially need to go and I'm trying to learn to go is actually not celebrating who God has made me to be, but is celebrating God first Mm. because out of him, I am made. Yeah. If I keep focusing on me first and trying to celebrate, even if I'm trying to celebrate like a good thing, if my focus is me first, that's where I start to stumble and fall. But if I can start with like, God, you are gracious and you are kind and you are merciful. Thank you for being all of those things, like truly making my feast Jesus first, looking at his face, looking at his heart and his truth. Um, I think that then begins to make the celebration of all the other things more possible. Because I'm acknowledging that he's in control, that he's the one that's given me all these things. So even when suffering is happening or hard things are going on or unexpected things have taken place, I can still choose to celebrate who God is. Even if I, quote unquote, don't feel like I can celebrate things in my life. But if I'm celebrating who God is, then I can celebrate the lessons he's teaching me, the dependency he's making in me on him. Um so that's probably the biggest thing I'm I'm learning right now is to actually celebrate who God is and out of him I'm given all of these things. Um because I I think I've even like celebrated salvation often before as a gift to me when salvation is about God. It's out of who he is that we're gifted this eternal life with him. So my I'm just trying to shift my focus as to like what what I'm even looking at to celebrate. Yeah. And this idea that was running through my head as you were coming up and asking that question was, um, if I actually like think about a feast, I don't like biblically, right? Or thinking about sitting with Jesus at a feast, I would not be staring at my plate full of food the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'd be, I would be talking to people. I, we would, there would be conversation, not just from me talking to others, but listening, engaging in eye contact, telling stories looking at Jesus. Like if I was sitting at a table, I would just be like staring at Jesus. That doesn't mean I would never take a bite of food, but where is this um, celebration rooted even in an actual feast like Thanksgiving? Am I just here for the food or am I here for like this whole day or even two days sometimes of preparing things where I'm with people? That's a part of the feast for me is like talking with people, not how high can I pile my plate and how fast can I push through it? wondering when I get to have the leftovers, but is experiencing every moment during this feast as something that makes the feast special. And where is the holiness at in this, you know, in the posture of my heart during it. Yeah. So that kind of picture was running through my head too. Like if I was sitting at a feasting table with Jesus, there'd be in my head, like so much laughter going on. It wouldn't Mm. just be everyone's like piling through food. Yeah. So there's definitely a relational aspect I think that has to come first between me and Jesus okay. before I can um, celebrate things. Well, that's kind of like what him. you said earlier that he he is the feast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think tangibly celebrating, yeah, who he's made me to be. Um, because even if I don't feel like I like who I am today, or I don't feel like a good mom or a good wife or a good pastor or whatever, when I can choose gratitude for who God has made me to be and where he's put me, it becomes more, um, words are so hard for me right now, more normal Mm. 
yeah. for me to just automatically begin to believe those things. Yeah. And saying it out loud really helps. But also like the battle begins in our mind. So choosing yeah, it in our sure. mind and then speaking it out loud and then on purpose celebrating other people. Mm. Like it can be so easy to not celebrate other people because we choose envy or we choose self-deprecation in comparison to someone else as opposed to like, man, your hair is awesome. Or man, like you did an incredible job at that. Oops. Sorry. I just hit the table. Um even if that's something I wanted to be really good at mm. and I struggle with it, like what that's amazing. God has so gifted you. Even if I feel an irking inside of my soul, that's like, I wish I was good at that. Like choosing to not give in to that and to celebrate someone else actually allows me to engage in the feasting with them mm. or vice versa and invites them to feast. Yeah. Especially I think in a in ways where people are like, wow. Um, thank you. I didn't even know I needed to hear that. Or I, I know I needed to hear that. And I like, God just put that word for me right there. Even if someone doesn't believe in God, you know, just this moment of like, Hey, just wanted to tell you as small as this might be. Like, I even try to do this, like with physical things. Like, I really like your shirt. Um, not that it's about those physical things, but just to like, I don't know, celebrate little things, even with people I don't know. That's like, Hey, here's a conversation. Like, I don't know you at all, but that shirt is really cool. Like, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else, but I'm like intentionally trying to celebrate things out loud with other people too. Yeah. So that uh, you kind of went there already. Um, but the question I was wondering is how do you celebrate other people, especially in a culture that just doesn't a lot of times? Hmm. I think you have to be looking for it. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's like, Boom. I just know. Uh, let's say you're sitting in a concert and the person singing just gave you goosebumps. It'd be so easy to be like, wow, that was so good. It gave me goosebumps. But to look for smaller things in smaller ways, to keep your eyes peeled on purpose for these holy moments that are happening or for a word that God might want you to have with someone else. That doesn't mean it has to be a prophetic word. It could just be a, hey, I like your shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so it's me intentionally looking for it and then calling it out when it happens. Because it can be really easy to not want to celebrate something because you don't want to make someone else feel bad if they don't get to celebrate that thing. Yeah. Like intentionally wanting to keep things I'm celebrating to myself so I don't make someone else feel bad. But that's not about me when I celebrate those things. Um, I can make it about me in pride, but actually keeping it to myself makes it about me, I think, when God might want to use that to actually like bring glory to himself. Like, look at all the things I've done mm. that someone else needs to hear, that they need to see that God still works in miracles, or they just needed an encouraging word that God saw that and did that thing. Like, that's huge. Um, or if someone else just needs to practice celebrating someone else. Me celebrating what God is doing in my life is not making it about me when my posture is surrendered, but it's actually just sharing about him because I'm feasting on him first. So it's intentionally looking for it and then intentionally sharing it or calling it out in someone else. Um, and I don't know about everyone listening, but I feel like there's so many times I'll celebrate something in someone else and they're like, oh, stop. Like, no, seriously, how can we intentionally call that out and then actually call them out for that? Like, Oh, that's a gift and ability God has given you. Like, just just take that as 
an encouraging word um because it can be so easy to like shrug off what other people say to you even if it makes you feel good inside you're like mm. oh i feel like i should be like oh thanks it wasn't that good you know um so then it's intentionally accepting it too i think when when celebration comes your way yeah it's a lot of intentionality i guess like really taking time to look for it to accept it to call it out yeah those are the things that are coming to mind anything else for you um i think one of the things that i've tried to do lately and partially because social media is just such a uh highly trafficked medium of conversation and whatnot so um but i've tried to randomly make posts about Mm. people Mm. um intentionally celebrating them um because you you usually don't see that like people share posts from their vacation or posts of what they're doing and how you can be involved or Mm -hmm. whatever and um so just sharing posts about people and celebrating like Mm -hmm. um it just elevates them um and yeah just highlights that idea of celebration and the other thing is just looking people in the eye and actually telling them Mm -hmm. the thing that i see and then that i that I'm thankful for or I celebrate or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Um, I think that's huge. Cause again, a lot of times people don't do that. Um, and like you said, that idea of shrugging, shrugging off compliments or celebrations of things is so common, but man, we just gotta, we gotta accept those. Yeah. And um, yeah. So uh, but yeah, looking people in the eye for me, I do social media posts every now and then. And I do want to say with that social media thing, if I can, if someone doesn't make a post about you and you see them making a post about someone else, don't make it about you by saying things like, well, why didn't they make one about me? Maybe I didn't do good enough. I think that's exactly where the enemy wants to take us is to like self-deprecation and comparison. Practice celebrating that person who is being celebrated. I'm just saying that because it's so easy for me. I've really kind of intentionally and kind of unintentionally like because this has been coming for a period of time for me, like been avoiding social media. I'll still use it because people contact me on there for my job and whatnot. But I don't want to scroll because it's so easy to automatically be sucked into what other people are saying, even if it's about their own lives. And instead of me celebrating that, I find myself envious or Mm. frustrated with myself or like, why didn't God make me to look that way or to have that kind of life for those kinds of friends, like just thoughts that I think the enemy uses in the battlefield of our minds to begin tripping us up in these minefields of things about me, as opposed to um, like, I think the people who probably created these social media avenues like Facebook is the one I'm really thinking of. Cause that's one of the ones I get contacted on the most. Like they wanted to use this as a way to connect and encourage people, but it's turned into something else where we make it about comparison. And um, so for me, it's intentionally when I see something else, whether you're intentionally celebrating someone, like celebrating that with you, or when I just see something in someone's life and they're like, this just happened. Or like, how fun is this? Check this out. Celebrating that even in my head. Um, And I think prayer, like conversation with God, which can be a constant thing, not just me talking to him out loud, but having conversations in my head, giving every moment back, having his spirit talk to me, being in this constant communion with him where when those things pop up, just asking God before my day even begins, like put in my path who you want there and show me how to not only encourage them, but to like pray for them. 
um, that also changes my attitude of celebration, if I'm honest, not just me like intentionally celebrating out loud to someone's face, um, but actually like celebrating them back to Jesus or mm-hmm. asking for moments in their life where they feel his presence or his peace. Um, that helps me to surrender this desire and want for more for me and actually like engaging in the feast of Jesus with everybody else or just the celebration of life. Um, if people don't believe in Jesus, but like pretending we're all at this big table, what does it look like to include everyone at this table instead of hoarding more food for me in a sense, you know, like, give me more of that. Like, no, can you pass that please? Like down there to him, like he needs, he needs that. So yeah, I just wanted to, to call that out too. Cause it's so easy to start comparing and wondering why we weren't talked about, or I should have been talked about when, when it's not about us. So yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. So what are you celebrating right now? Well, um, let's see, 2008 is when I graduated high school. And I wasn't sure where I was going to be going to college. And we went to Oklahoma Wesleyan. Shay and I did actually for a school visit at the same time. It was the only school I had applied to. And I had been offered a pretty significant scholarship to go there. Not a full ride, but, or I had applied for a full ride. Um, but you had to be asked to apply for this full ride scholarship sort of thing. Um, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't too long after I applied for it and we went to the school visit. I just felt this unease in me. Like this isn't where I'm supposed to be, but I haven't applied anywhere else. Then I got the denial for the scholarship. But I had been praying like, God, if I'm not supposed to go there, will you just deny me the scholarship? Because my prayer had been for a while, like, God, would you miraculously provide for school? Because I don't have a way to pay for it. And I wanted to go to a private Christian school because I wanted to major in ministry. So I'm telling you that as a background because I have been praying this prayer for 13 years, 14 years that God would miraculously provide for school. And I thought that would be scholarships and it wasn't. I, we ended up going to Indiana Wesleyan, um, which was rather expensive. I had to pull out so many different kinds of loans and Shay married into all of my loans. And we've like, I mean, we literally did a podcast on college, (laughs) you know, like whether or not to go, um, because of our experience with like this financial weight and debt, And we've gone through periods where we didn't have jobs or places to live. And God has provided a payment every time. And that was a part of the miracle. He provided loans for me to have, us to have. (laughs) Thanks, God. And then he provided a payment every time. But after, I guess, started accruing these debts like 13 years ago, um, I'm celebrating hugely this week that we got to pay that off. That's like such a big deal. And I struggled to even want to like wanting to say that on the podcast because of all the things I just said a little while ago, like, I don't want to make anyone else feel bad, but I want to celebrate God's miraculous provision. Like that is huge. That's so huge. It's been a weight on our shoulders for a long time. And I think we learned to carry that weight better as time went on instead of making this like heavy, soggy weight, but a God, like our lives are yours. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. You created the galaxies. Like our school that our lives are small compared to that and you can do infinitely more. 
So um, hilariously, when we paid this off, I was like super nauseous with the stomach flu. So in my head, I imagined whenever we paid student loans off, I'd be like dancing around the kitchen or something. And instead, I was laying on the couch and Shay let me push the button and we were like, ooh, thanks, Jesus. I think we fist bumped. Yeah, maybe we did. Um, but I was like, I imagined the celebration going very differently, but still relishing in this huge, miraculous work that God did to sustain us, not just in school debt, but through so many different seasons of life where he's provided always exactly what we need. Um, so I'm celebrating that right now because that's that's a huge, huge, incredible thing to witness. So thank you, Jesus. That is incredible. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Um, <clears throat> well, because I'm married into it, I'm also celebrating that. <laughs> um, and I, I still like, I struggle with celebrating, like, cause to me, there's a difference between even between thankfulness. And I know I said that was one of the things we're doing at home because I think they're tied mm. um, to each other. But like the idea of like, Oh God, like I'm thankful for that versus like a, Ooh, I'm celebrating this. Uh, Even the small yeah. things, right? Like where thankfulness almost feels like this, um, almost like joy. It's like this deep rooted, yeah. like, oh yes, I'm so thankful. Where celebration feels more like happiness, almost mm. this external, like, yes, um, let's party. Um, and so while I'm I feel like I'm doing a lot better with being thankful, when it comes to celebrating, I'm I feel like I'm still learning the acceptance and recognition mm. part of celebrating right because you have to experience something in order to celebrate it right like yeah uh, you experience your 30th birthday and so therefore you celebrate it um and so i'm learning to recognize the things that aren't mm. natural benchmarks like a birthday um and i feel like i'm in that phase mm. phase where before i wouldn't accept or recognize those mm. things um, mostly about myself. And so part of it is learning to believe what other people say about me because I'm, mm. I'm often confused and misguided um, of myself through my own uh, thought patterns. Mm. And so um, actually believing when somebody says, and that was really good, whatever it was, or you're really gifted at this, rather than going back to what you said earlier, rather than shrugging things off, receiving that and accepting that and believing that. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to get to a place of celebrating those things. Mm. Um, right now I still feel like I'm just trying to accept them. Mm. Um, so I do, I, I have realized like this last, this last time I preached on the weekend to the adults, um, was that like two, three weeks ago? Um, I, I did feel more celebratory because mm. I felt like there, I had multiple conversations with people where, God just spoke to them through the word that he had given me. And there was more of a, wow, thank you, Jesus, for mm -hmm. using me like this. Thank you for speaking to them and speaking to me to say what what they needed to hear. And so, again, that one was deep-seated thankfulness, but that one was mixed with a little bit more celebration mm -hmm. of like, man, that's so cool, God, like the way you use that. Um, that's just, that's amazing. And so, um, yeah, uh, so I, I guess... Right now I'm celebrating the school debt and I am celebrating a failure getting potty trained. <laughs> um, True. That one is uh that one's a big deal. Partially because I'm a proud dad, partially because it means uh only changing one kid's diapers. 
Yeah. Part of it means only buying diapers for one kid. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of a lot of their poopy diaper. Yes, that's not uh, my favorite thing oh my to goodness. do. Like wrestling an alligator. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so trying to celebrate those things. But I think I think uh, it it is easy for us to like. There's almost this um, exuberant joy we have as kids when mm. we experience something that we yeah. celebrate that. We Even often, like the tiny things. Yeah, that we often lose in adulthood. Yeah. That we we just take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and there are certain things in life that we just need to do and you just do them because it's a part of being an adult. Um and I get that. There's discipline, there's hard work, there's work ethic, there's um perseverance. Um but even when you persevere through something hard celebrating God mm-hmm. and the fact that God gave you the ability to persevere through something difficult. Mm-hmm. Like if you survive 2020, AKA if you're listening to this right now, like celebrate, thank you God for, for allowing me to mm-hmm. not just, maybe it was just survive and that's a win through 2020. But honestly for Haley and I, um, we had a lot of great memories in 2020. A lot of incredible, incredible things happened. I mean, namely we had a son <laughs> um, yeah. like and just celebrating the gift that like we had a son during the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. and he's healthy mm-hmm. and strong and we celebrate that um and uh yeah so i still struggle with that celebratory aspect but i'm mm-hmm. trying to learn to convert my thankfulness mm-hmm. into this external celebration i feel like i'm actually doing better about celebrating others mm-hmm. it's not as often but um yeah i tend to tend to celebrate others easier now than mm. than myself that was kind of a long answer no, to that's good, not much oh i think it's their thankfulness and celebration like we've already said are connected yeah they're intertwined and i think taking one step is taking a step like yeah. whether that's learning to accept it first from yeah. someone else or just this little practice of learning to recognize it um celebrating someone else but i think I just wanted to highlight kind of the things you were saying that reminded me that thankfulness and celebration are intertwined, but you don't have to settle just into one or the other. Like the season of thankfulness might be this deep rooted thing, Mm. but then celebrating it with like exuberance in your spirit, whether that's actually throwing a party or like the, the childlike wonder and faith of things like birds outside. I love nature. Like I love when a bird flies up and lands on our bird feeder. And Athalia's joy and exuberance over tiny things is really reminding me of this celebratory mm. aspect. Like, oh, a paint tub. That's my favorite. You know, she gets so excited about like the color pink in something or um, being able to have a dance party or to go outside and jump on the tramp. Like she she gets so excited about little things. And I think we almost as adults just expect that to grow out of us, but it doesn't have to. Mm. Like we can keep this childlike awe and wonder of who God is and what he's blessed us with and take that with us because it changes the way we view life. It changes the way I think life happens to us in the sense that um, – the filter I accept life through might look different. It's going to look more like this surrender of like God's in control. And I celebrate that you're God. That doesn't mean hard things aren't happening or suffering isn't happening, 
But if I'm filtering instead through this like self-deprecating thing, or I can't believe this is happening to me again, I think that's where depression, anxiety, and fear all set. And I know those things can also be neurological, but I think our neurons are also affected by the way that we think and the way that we practice things like thought patterns and habits. So I think they're all connected where it's doesn't mean I might not ever experience depression again. That's a struggle for me. But how am I operating when that happens differently? An attitude of Thanksgiving and exuberance, choosing exuberance, even if I don't feel like it. And in a season where I'm struggling or suffering or things are hard, might mean that exuberance looks different and that's okay. But where is this childlike awe and wonder in my faith that like God is still God? And even when I'm struggling with depression, like, thank you, Jesus, this is the sky is blue today or that the sun came up, like finding the little things that I think actually can just propel us into healthier thought patterns and processes that make life honestly more enjoyable (laughs) because we're choosing to enjoy it differently. Um, I'm not trying to belittle hardship. I just really want you all to hear that. I'm just trying to highlight processing things in maybe a different light than what we are used to doing. Yeah. 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 I think one thing for me is the last thing. And then I, I think I'm good. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I think when I th- trying to think of, okay, well, how do I go from thankfulness to celebration? Right. If they, if they're intertwined, but not the same. Um, honestly, I think for me, it's, it's honestly saying something like awesome or mm-hmm. wow, or woo. Like, even if it's a little forced, because I normally don't just go woo. <laughs> um, but like when we, when we paid off student debt the other day, um, I can't remember if we said anything, but um, even if I would have just been like, yes, like just mm-hmm. some example of externally, like, yeah, like mm-hmm. I'm celebrating this. It, it's going beyond thankfulness into a celebration. Like, God, you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and just maybe making a verbal statement mm-hmm. um, is a part of that external thing. Um, and doing that with yourself as well as with others. Um, I just think we got to celebrate others. Like, yeah. maybe maybe that should have been the whole podcast today. And <laughs> just like, um, but I know so many people are um, uh, incredibly down on themselves as well. But, um, but yeah, just celebrating other people is huge. So, and I think when you celebrate other people, it helps you to not be down on yourself so much. That might seem counterintuitive, but it actually helps. It's true because then you're not comparing or envy mm-hmm. if you're truly celebrating them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the, good. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to wrap it up. So if you're going to say something. There was, as you were talking, there was one more thing I forgot I wanted to say that um, you might externally actually do something to celebrate. Like, I feel like you're potty trained. Let's do something to celebrate. And maybe today that's getting ice cream. Um, And when you go get that ice cream, like make that a feasting moment that's holy by thanking God for the celebration that's taking place and the fact he provided for you to get ice cream. But also surrender how you're choosing to celebrate in the sense that it could be really easy to every time you're celebrating something, going to get a special treat. May Just ask God to make you aware of how he wants you to celebrate so you're not only pairing these great things with sugar, if that makes sense. Like this balanced life too of like, can we celebrate by going for a hike? Or can we celebrate by getting ice cream today? Can we celebrate today by watching a movie? Like choosing external things to do, but also surrendering what those things might be. And maybe I'm saying that just as a f- like coming from a family where we've struggled with eating disorders to like not only pair things with um, celebrating, meaning you get more things, if that makes sense. 
but this gratefulness and exuberance for what God has given you doesn't mean that we get to go get more. Um, I think sometimes we do, but making the balance of like, can we all do something together to choose to celebrate this or making like a thank you card to Jesus, you know, just singing a song together. Um, I just wanted to say that because I don't, I don't know that I thought about that for a really long time. Like how was I taught to celebrate or how am I choosing to celebrate now where it isn't like, yay, we paid off school debt. Let's go get a hamburger. Um, Cause that's really honestly what I wanted to do when we paid off school, that was like do a big dinner or something. And not that we can't do that, but it was actually really cool being sick and not able to eat anything and almost making the fasting a part of the feasting this time, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like just staring at the gift that God had already given us and celebrating it. Um, I don't know if that hits home with anyone else. I just, it had been running through my head for a while and I wanted to say it. So yeah. So what are you celebrating today? Um, I think that's something that we all need to practice as well as thankfulness. Um, I hope that you have something to celebrate and that you are celebrating the, the right thing first. That you're celebrating God first for mm-hmm. who he is and then um, for what he's blessed you with. So, uh, yeah, that's it from our closet today. Yep. So I hope you're having an awesome day. Yeah, we do. And uh, we will, well, you'll, you will hear from us next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sayonara. Right. See y'all.